Well, hello, hello, and welcome to this very special episode from Waffle Free Storytelling, because it's Halloween, and uh, this is the very first Halloween story <laughs> to come out of Waffle Free. So, as always, the waffle is in the show notes, or visit www.tinaconstant.com for all that chat, because right now we're jumping right into this week's story. Now, as we begin, let me just tell you that as far as waffle-free storytelling is concerned, this is a true story. If you don't believe me, then I dare you to take the challenge I set for you at the very end. If you have the courage to do that, then you will know that I'm telling the truth and it just might save you. So this is a story about Imri. Now Imri was an evil child. From the day she was born, her parents knew that there was blackness in her heart. If she had lived to be older than 16, then without doubt she would have become known as one of the coldest killers of all time. Recognizing the evil in the child, her parents, when she was just seven years old, decided it would be best if Imri was contained and controlled. So they did what they thought was right, and they sent her to a hospital for the clinically insane. Now, Imri was not impressed, and she let everybody know this by taking her fury and violence to a whole new level, so much so that even at that tender age, it took four strong grown-up nurses to pin her down, strap her up, and sedate her. It was so bad that all four of those nurses carried the scars they got on that day for the rest of their lives. Now, as a result of her temperament, it was agreed that Imri must always stay shackled and drugged. Years passed and the four nurses charged with taking care of Imri took out their revenge on her by keeping the straps tight and the drugs high. And for a long time, things were calm where Imri lived. But as you can expect, time passes and it's human nature for people to get relaxed and careless which means that one of the four nurses occasionally left the straps a little looser than agreed. But it didn't matter, really, no. Imri was heavily sedated, wasn't she? She wouldn't be able to move anyway. But what the staff didn't know was that over the years, Imri had developed a kind of immunity to the drugs that they filled her with, so much so that they no longer had the same impact on her as they did at the start. In fact, it had been some years since the drugs had any impact on her at all, which meant every day and every night she lay in her chains very much awake. 
listening, attentive, alert and waiting. Until one dark, moonless, windy night three days before Halloween, when the hospital was quiet and nervous, Imri worked herself free of the straps, climbed out of bed, and snuck into the deserted corridors. She had one thing in mind. Revenge. On that first night, she snuck into the first nurse's room, slipped under his bed, and waited. The man got up twice in the night. The second time, he switched off the light and stood by the bed, and that's when Imri struck. She reached out, grabbed his ankles, and pulled, bringing him crashing to the floor where his head met hard tile and cracked open. Then Imri snuck back to her room, secured the straps, and closed her eyes. The next day, there were all sorts of theories about how that man died. In the end, the hospital administration agreed it was an accident. And Imri listened to it all, and she smiled. The next night, when all was quiet except for the howling wind outside, Imri snuck out of bed again. This time, she went to the second nurse's room. Once again, she hid under the bed. The man had had far too much to drink. He switched off the light, stumbled around, then stood by his bed. And like before, that's when Imri struck. She reached out, grabbed his ankles, and like his colleague, he fell back and cracked his head and died. This time there were even more theories, but none of them included the word accident. Two dead in the same way on two consecutive nights. That was not natural. The staff and the police searched the hospital top to bottom looking for an explanation. No one paid any attention to Imri's strap in her bed, still and drugged. As you can imagine, people were a little nervous on the third night. Halloween legends had the hospital and all inside it firmly in its grasp. That's when Imri loosened her shackles again, crept out of her room and went to see the third nurse. Once more, she hid under his bed. The last two remaining nurses came into the room together and they were arguing. The fourth nurse was saying that it was Imri. She was responsible. The third nurse said, don't be such an idiot. She's a child. She's shackled. She's drugged. What could she do? The fourth nurse left the room, leaving number three behind. Like the others, the man switched off the light and stood by the bed. And the next morning, he too was dead. 
The fourth nurse, paranoid and almost mad with terror, unable to convince anyone that Imri was involved, stormed into her room. It was his plan to treble the dose of sedative. But as he prepared the drug, Imri opened her eyes and grabbed him. In his fear and panic, he raised the syringe high and plunged it into Imri's eye. Imri's screams shook the foundation of the hospital. The windows cracked and the walls ruptured. She clung to the terrified nurse and with her last breath she said, By your bed where you tread, I will take you. Then Imri The nurse left the hospital immediately. He didn't pack his bags. He didn't take anything with him. He left it all behind and got a job in construction, swearing to never, ever step foot in a hospital again. Emery's death didn't even make the papers. The verdict came back as self-defense. Her room was scrubbed and turned into a storeroom, And life went on. The fourth nurse got married, had a child, and did everything he could to completely forget about the whole event. Until, that is, one dark, moonless, windy night, three days before Halloween, his child screamed. When the nurse ran into the room, he found the child was on his back, feet under the bed, his head cracked open, and he was dead. The next night a scream came from an old woman down the road. Her whole family ran into her room, but it was too late. The night after that there was someone else in the town, then someone else. It was only when Halloween came and people were desperate to make sense of what was happening to them that they remembered Imri, especially when survivors, of whom there were a few, told their stories and found that they all had something in common. They had all switched off the lights. They had all stood next to their beds. They had all felt a tingling in their feet that crawled right into their guts. They had all felt cold hands grab their ankles and pull. Injured and bleeding, they had all heard these words in a whisper. By your bed, where you tread, I will take you. Now, even as you listen to the story, You know it's true, but if you don't believe me, then tonight, when you go to bed, I dare you to do this. Switch off your light, stand right next to your bed, and wait for the tingle that will start at your feet and crawl up your legs and grip itself 
cold around your gut. I beg you to jump into bed as fast as you can before Imri takes you. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Oh, my goodness me. I'll see you next week <laughs> with something all in all a little more cheerful. <laughs> Have a spectacular holiday. Go around to www.tinaconstant.com for the books, for the shop, for the waffle, for the chat, for everything. And uh, ah, just have a spectacular time. It's We're going into a wild time of year. So enjoy. Hug your family. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. <laughs>